You're listening to Courtside Convo, your source for the latest news, analysis, and discussions on the NBA. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Courtside Convo. Uh, it's been a while since we've been in here. We apologize for the absence. I think it's been since, like, April that we've done our last episode, uh, but we are back. You know, we had our school things to take care of. Summer started. We were just hanging out, doing our thing, watching some ball. So we've missed a whole lot. Um, uh, well, we'll we're not going to run you through it. It's been too much. I'm here with, it's me, Carter Landis, your host, and uh, I'm here with Liam Jackson, Manit Patel. We've got conference finals going on right now, guys. We'll start with uh, the game that is going on tonight, the Suns are leading the Clippers 2 to nothing in that series. Game 3 is tonight as we record this on Thursday at 9 p.m. And the stars in this series, despite their other stars not being in there, have shown up. Devin Booker and Paul George have both played tremendous basketball in this series. Uh, Devin Booker is averaging 30 points, 8.5 rebounds, 8 assists. Insane numbers. That game 1 he put up was phenomenal. Averaging some decent shooting numbers. Paul George is also averaging 30 points with five rebounds, five and a half assists. And the Suns, as if they needed any more luck, they are going to get Chris Paul back tonight after being out with COVID protocols. So I'll pose this question. Um, Are the Suns the title favorites? I mean, the way they've been playing is insane. Liam, what do you think? Um, If I had to put money on the team right now, I think it would be Phoenix. Just um, they've won seven, eight in a row now in the playoffs. And... Um, yeah, it's a team that is very versatile. I don't, I don't think people give enough credit for their defense too. Um, they've really stepped up and, uh, I think the only thing that would change my mind is if Kawhi were to come back and I don't think he will, but if he were to come back, um, I think that'd make it tough on Phoenix. But if I had to put money on a team, especially with CP three coming back, I'd be Phoenix for sure. Totally. Phoenix has surpassed my expectations going into the year. Um, I thought they'd be a middling playoff seed, not the top two team in the West. Um, they came out strong, and they played even better throughout the playoffs. I think nobody's talking about the way they just walked through the Lakers. Like, yeah. they – I know the Lakers were beat up and all, but they really made them look like cupcakes. It was pretty ridiculous. And then just taking care of business and moving on. It's really – the thing that has really impressed me with Phoenix is how – you know, obviously Devin Booker has been that star that he's always been, but now they have that team around him that can win games with him, and that's the thing that's so impressive. That team has stepped up. Everyone has contributed. DeAndre Ayton has taken that next leap. He's definitely vindicated a little bit of those um, those reports. You know that that they they didn't they shouldn't have passed or they shouldn't have passed on Luca. And I think that Ayton. I mean, this is his third year in the league, and he's already what a walking 20 and 10 and he hasn't even scratched the surface of his potential michael bridges is probably going to be an all first team all defensive wing pretty soon campaign it's been awesome to see that guy that dude was one of the worst players in the nba he was and he's just completely revived his nba career he stepped up big time he had what 30 points or something in the last 29 nine assists no turnovers that was ridiculous that is awesome cam johnson comes off the bench he can shoot another one of the things about ayton was the fact that People weren't a big fan of his defense coming out of the draft. You know, it's been fantastic, and it's been amazing. He's been an incredible rim protector. They are yeah. so much better defensively with him on the court. It's just they're so deep. Everybody can score. Everybody can defend the way they, just the way they play. You got to give credit to Monty Williams, and obviously you got to give credit to uh, James Jones, the 
um, executive of the year. Monty should have been coach of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, Thibodeau won it, didn't he? He did. Thibodeau mm-hmm. won it. Yeah. Well, that should have been Monty. I mean, yeah, the you know the Knicks, they did what well, they did go from nineteen twenty wins to top four seed in the playoffs. You know, we'll, don't worry about what they did in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, Am I, um, a thing another like uh, I when CP threw in out. I knew campaign's been playing uh, better, but I thought that he would maybe keep him afloat and not. I was I thought that he might not lose them games, but he went out and he was like a top three player for them. He last was a game. catalyst. Yeah, he was so well, going out there. How you want a veteran point guard to play? Exactly, and especially the no no tur- nine assists, no turnovers. Like twenty nine points is great and all, but that um, that's incredible. R- running that offense and not uh, turning the ball over was the most impressive thing he's done in my opinion, in these playoffs. Especially against a defense like the Clippers. Yeah. Like, that defense is ridiculous. And zero turnovers with nine assists and dropping almost a 30-piece is outstanding. He was just getting to whatever spot he wanted. He was getting inside, scoring the ball. Anytime I thought, oh, the Clippers are coming back, campaign will just penetrate, and he'd get a layup. Yeah, he's pretty crafty. He is. And I'm, it's so it's really good to see that he's he's playing well again. We got to talk about that game, too. How insane that ending was. That was ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. They called it the Valley Oop for DeAndre. I like it. That pass from Jay Crowder was perfect. Perfect. Yeah. That was, you couldn't have, you exactly couldn't have thrown a better ball. To be. You couldn't have thrown a better ball. Boogie, I don't know why Boogie was cutting off the throw to the corner, though. I mean, I'm, I I get, like, you can get a shot off in, in .9 seconds, but you have to be defending the rim in every way possible. But even even with that, it was still an incredible pass. And... Uh, and Aiden, that Aiden's is such a good athlete, and uh, even though that pass was right on target, that's still an insanely tough thing to play, uh, tough, tough thing to pull off. And I think Devin Booker was the one that set the screen on Zubach. Yep, that allowed Aiden to get up, and just that team's just playing so every they're everything's going their way. They're playing so well. It was phenomenal. Um, yeah, I I think that and like the fact that they outsmarted the Clippers on that last play, they were expecting probably a jumper for Booker. Or maybe something for pain, but that alley oop to mm-hmm. Aiton was creative, and it definitely caught the Clippers off guard. Despite you know, despite going down to the Clippers, or just despite going down to the Suns, that is the Clippers have been playing really good basketball in this postseason. Been. Paul George has answered the call. Ty Lue's an awesome coach. I agree, and I'm glad he's that, so underrated. I'm glad that he's, I'm glad that he's getting that. People give him flack because LeBron was there, but mm-hmm. like he still had to keep that team together. Mm-hmm. He's you still look to a coach in times of need. It's and, incredible. Yeah, and I mean, he right, he doesn't get his due credit. He sure. coached circles around Quinn Snyder. Definitely. Exactly. Right, right when Kawhi went out, everyone was saying, "Oh, it's Utah Phoenix Western Conference." Yeah, Finals. that's what I thought. Yeah, I I did too. And then they just, I love his his. Ty Lue will just go all in on something if he believes in it. They go all in on the small ball That's and take small a bear oh out goodness. of the series. And then they, they come – what are they down, like 20-something? They come back and win. Yeah. And then even uh, yeah, even though like they're 20... down 2 24, 26, something like that. It was ridiculous. Even though, they were, even though they're down 2 they were in position to win both those games in Phoenix, and that place has been crazy. So that's not an easy place to win. So I wouldn't exactly rule them out. Um, but, I mean, they've done it two times in a row now, so – yeah, that was my next question. Is uh, can the Clippers win the series if Kawhi can play? Um, it doesn't look likely that Kawhi's gonna play. We don't. I mean, we haven't heard anything. I'd say even if he doesn't play, I could give the Clippers a fighting shot, especially if they win tonight. 
you get another yeah. home game, and the way you've played Phoenix on both their road games, you have a shot. You know you can go in with a shot to steal that game. Yeah. After this play, after these playoffs, not really, I'm not going to sit here and rule anything out at this right. point. Exactly. So. The been... Clippers have go come ahead. down twice from 2-0, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Can they pull their classic down to 0-2, saw, come back again? I saw a stat. There's a been, like, um, players who have averaged 17 on uh, 50, 40, 90 through, like, at least 12 games in a playoff run. It's like Larry Bird, uh, LeBron, MJ, and now Reggie Jackson. <laughs> That's it. ridiculous. Maybe not after last game, but before game two. Closeout game, <laughs> I, Reggie Jackson. I remember Jackson. when Reggie Jackson was supposed to be the franchise player for the Pistons. Oh, Way yeah. back when. I remember. I remember that team. They were pretty good, too. They I mean, and their core was good. out his Achilles, right? What? No, he had some kind of injury that kept him yeah. out through the playoffs and then into the next year. They had a good core. It was him, KCP, Stanley Johnson, and it worked Tobias well Harris. Yeah. for how iffy that core was. And Drummond. Yeah. I wouldn't and Andre Drummond. Drummond was great in Detroit. He was for a while. Um, I saw a stat about Kawhi before he got injured. It was players to average 30 points a game on 60% field goal shooting. It was Kawhi and Shaq. And the average distance of field goal <laughs> attempted for Shaq was four feet. For Kawhi, it was 13 feet. It's ridiculous. That's 60% on, on like a mid-range every time. That's so that, that's so impressive. And the way Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann showed up in Game 7 of that Jazz series. But that, yeah, Terrence Mann has also been a um, very, very big bright spot and unexpected. Was happy that was, to see him. yeah. Happy to see him go off. I think he, yeah. I, I was, I was like decently high on him and not like high, like I, I thought he could be like a decent role player. So I was pretty, I was vindicated when he dropped 39 and he, 39. Gobert was just letting him shoot those corner threes. So he made him pay. Clippers are not the favorites tonight. The Suns are favored by a point and a half. That game is at 9 p.m. tonight on ESPN. We'll see if the Clippers can close the gap or if the Suns can take a commanding 2 nothing lead. We will move on. The Eastern Conference Finals kicked off a little bit after the Western Conference Finals did because they jumped right into that Western Conference as soon as they as did. soon as Two as soon as Game Seven. It's like oh man. Gone. So the Atlanta Hawks, just like we all thought, my totally squad. Oh yeah, came in and came into Milwaukee and beat the Bucks in Game One, 116, 113, and lead that series one nothing. Trey Young with a masterful performance. To say the least, 48 points, 7 rebounds, 11 assists. Shot it at 50% from the field. John Collins with a good performance from the Hawks as well as Trey Young's running mate. Uh, Giannis had himself a phenomenal performance. He continues to not be able to be guarded. 34, 12, and 9 for him. Drew Holiday was playing really well too. That that man was getting whatever he wanted. 33 and 10 for him. So I'll pose the question to you guys. I'll start with Manit before... I say, before I get into anything, uh, can the Hawks actually pull off the upset of the Bucks? What do you think? You know what? I think they could, but they have to keep playing their brand of basketball. They win when they force New York and Philly to play their brand of basketball. Um, so if they continue to do that, and Budenholzer continues to do what he's been doing for the past God knows how many years, not making adjustments in the playoffs... I think they can do it. I think Nate McMillan's going to coach circles around Budenholzer through this series. Trey Young, if he keeps doing like three quarters of what he did game one, 
The Hawks can beat them for sure. At this, yeah, at this point, like why? There's no reason why. Why not? Why not? Yeah. So, I don't know if they will. I, I, I still like the Bucks team is still much better than the Hawks. But Trey Young, oh, totally. Trey, like they, they have no answer for him because when even when they went small and he kind of stopped scoring, he was kind of settling. But then he'd miss shots, and then Collins and Capella would be on the boards. They could not get rebounds when they because they're not used to playing that switching defense because they're used to just doing that Boonholzer, like that drop coverage, and they, they can get defensive rebounds out of that, but there's no defensive rebounds to get when you let Trey Young shoot, uh, like get in the paint and shoot that floater. So I, I don't know what they're going to do to stop him, but um, I don't know. Giannis is still on a tear right now, and like uh, like you said, Drew Holiday had a good game. Middleton's been off the last couple of games, but I still think that, it's that, I don't, that team should be – I feel like that team should just be – Every time they win, it just it it doesn't seem as dominant as it should be. No, so. not at all. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I would take the Bucks still, but I that is up in the air for sure. I think what makes the Hawks even more dangerous is that they have literally nothing to lose. They went into the playoffs with absolutely nothing to lose. And Reddish Philly, is coming back. I Philly know, had everything to lose exactly. going in. The Nets had everything to lose going in. The Bucks have everything to lose going in. The Hawks literally have nothing behind them except the fact that they're just going nuts right now. And Trey is, I think he was a star before these playoffs, and he's exploded into a like he's a superstar, and there's no question about it now. So it's I thought I thought the New York series was his coming out party, but it just keeps getting better. Like <laughs> this, this was his, it's this, ridiculous. This was his best game of the playoffs, and like easily, easily, and that's totally. that's crazy to say, and. One more stat I I saw was like only like only Dirk twice, LeBron twice, and MJ twice in any conference final games have scored forty eight points, and then Trey Young just did it. So it's ridiculous. It's pretty crazy company to be in. I All saw right. a stat. Your your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a stat. I'll start with this. I saw a stat. It was um, players who have had uh, thirty point games, thirty point ten assist games in their in playoff series. Trey Young has already done it four times. In this in this it's one ridiculous. playoff series, more than like some guys like LeBron, Westbrook, you know Steph Curry, and, and like Magic and guys like that. Michael Jordan did it five times. So I mean, if Trey has another thirty ten game, he's got at least four more playoff games that he can do that. And geez, I mean, I think I like as good as Trey is. I will say this, of course, I love Trey. I I always I not okay. I can't say I always have. It was twenty minutes after the trade that I decided. <laughs> okay, I'm in with Trey, man. Let's go. Can't you know? Can't be mad about the trade or whatever. And I and I've been a fan since pretty much day one. Um, but I really think the driving force behind all this is Nate McMillan. He tapped totally. into all the potential that this team had, and he gave more than I thought that they had. Like this team never quits. They never give up, as you saw in the Philly series, going down by double digits multiple times. Two sixteen-point losses in the I... <laughs> second and third games. Like that's crushing to a normal team. Yeah, even I thought it because I've been so used to this team. Just if they go down, they just quit. And they did this season with with Lloyd Pierce when he was the head coach. They would have leads and they'd blow them, and then there would just be complete doom and gloom in the locker room or in the huddle or whatever because Lloyd Pierce wasn't a fantastic coach. They didn't get along with him. McMillan has told Trey he's built for this. He had Bog- he has Bogdanovich as a secondary playmaker. He's got. John Collins doing all sorts of things. Capel has been awesome. Uh, Gallinari doing what he does. 
I love I love the random possessions. They'll just post them up, and then he'll just score baskets that don't look like they should go in. He is so <laughs> ridiculous, and I laugh anytime he yeah, makes no, a shot. It's fun to watch. I'm either, I'm either laughing at him making a shot, or I'm saying, "Why did you just shoot that?" <laughs> He's. I saw somebody said he has the most old man at the Y game <laughs> yeah. ever, and yeah. he really and he really does. Like he sauced PJ Tucker. You're just shooting right over a top tier defensive player, and it's he's he's ridiculous. Um, the Hawks in this like in that first game really loved that that double drag action with Capella and Collins rolling to the basket, and there's not a whole lot you can do in that case. Oh, we didn't even talk about that pass yet off the glass. Oh my god, <laughs> that was actually I got so <laughs> that I'm not kidding. I can't think of a better pass I've ever seen in a real basketball game. He had two big highlights. He threw one off the glass. Yeah, to John Collins, he dunked over. Capella, or not Capella, he's on his team. Uh, <laughs> Brooke Lopez. And Collins actually in this series, or in the past series, dunked on Embiid like twice. That was, dude. In and the first the, game, and, the and shirt, then in game six. The yeah. And then he had this shirt. John the Collins shirt is hilarious, after they won man. game seven was you know, just the most boss move that doesn't, ever. Uh, that pass off the glass doesn't count. It doesn't count as an assist anymore. They made oh, really? Well. Yeah. Oh. So he should have 12, but. Yeah. Oh man! Wow, but that was incredible. That ain't, I don't even. It was just incredible. And then the play where he lost Drew Holiday on a yeah. screen, and <laughs> Holiday just left him. So Trey's standing there for like three seconds, and he does this little shimmy, and it's like, oh man, you can't do that in a playoff game on the road. <laughs> it wasn't the same type of cross, but it reminded me of the Harden one on Wesley Johnson where he spun. He the just ball. stood there. Yeah, he yeah. looked him down. Yeah, he, he took his time. Like, yeah, that was sweet. Trey, I mean, Trey has really embraced that villain role totally. in this playoff series. It's amazing. Yeah. They've gone on the road so much because they're the five seed. Yeah. So they've played mostly road games. They took two every single series. Game, they took two game ones in both New York and Philadelphia and now in Milwaukee. And it's just they've done a tremendous job. And also I have to give a shout out to uh, my boy Kayvon Herder. <laughs> He's been playing like Kayvon, not just Kevin. Did you see that video when they they did the, like the Rick Roll thing with him? Yes, that was so funny. That, that was one of my favorite videos. I've that seen was so playoffs. funny because it was like it was going to be like a rap thing with like a Trey Young highlight, and then it was just Rick Roll Kevin Herder highlights. The Hawks He's been really good though. Thirty six in fifteen with Nate McCollum. You don't let you don't let him leave the building. One, oh, as no. soon no. as the season ends, you I think as soon as the extension. season ends, you sign the contract. You should you just offer him whatever. How about he John wants. Collins? That's another thing. I think the way he's been playing in this playoff series, he might earn something, whatever hey, it is. Just, I think they need to pay Herder, too, though. <laughs> let's, let's just enjoy them right now. Let's enjoy it right after. now before we get into the logistics of everything. Yeah, but there's I, a lot more going on. As an Atlanta Hawks fan, I've been more than thrilled. Um, they're carrying the city of Atlanta with incompetent other Atlanta teams. Don't worry about it. All right. <laughs> the Braves are all right. They're all right. They're a little bit below average. They're not playing up to they're, what they They've been underwhelming. Should be very they're underwhelming. Just yeah, he's he's got no help. Um, all right, before we get to something else I had on the docket, let's get to uh, I've been happy. You guys were also happy as well as Pistons fans. The draft lottery went just the way they wanted. I was I was thrilled for the Pistons fans too. That was Pistons amazing. win the lottery. I screamed in yeah. my house. Even I, I did. I, I was like, oh my god. That, that's the best. That's the best Pistons moment that I've been alive for that I can actually like. Remember. I can actually yeah, because oh four like. Just, I was Too four, young. so yeah, yeah. That was that was uh, easily the best Pistons moment that I've been around for, and that just accelerated the rebuild by like at least a year or two. Like, like I don't, I, I'm, I, I'm speechless. I still don't, I still can't believe it. Like that's a that's that's a transcendent talent. As I was assuming they take Cade with totally. an already Troy Weaver was 
had one. That was one of the best paint jobs you could ever pull off. Like yeah. they played, they they got they drafted. They got two all rookie players outside the lottery. They played Killian competitive Murphy games. Played yeah. like so. If you take that end of season stretch for Killian, but like the entire season, that's a third all rookie player. Yeah, he, I know that's a lot awesome. to base it off of, but like he played phenomenal towards the end. There's yeah. There's and now. The Mason, the Mason Plumlee signing is the only one that I don't even hate it that much, but like that's the only one that I don't that doesn't make total sense. Because like, we could have gotten wood for the same. Yeah, well, that's a whole whole other thing. But even Jeremy Grant, like now that if if with Cade, Sadiq, Killian, Stewart, and then Grant, like that is an incredible core to have. Like I, I I'm so just ec- ecstatic. Two and things. I never thought that this would happen. One, if Golden State calls you, calls Troy Weaver. Ooh. You're Troy Weaver in this situation, yeah. and says seven and fourteen for Grant. Do you take it? I don't. I don't know. I don't know because I don't. I think that they're close enough. They don't need that many more picks, and I like Grant a lot. And I think that Grant wants to be here. I like. I want. Like it's Detroit. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna be able to sign free agents in 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 a lot. You're not gonna be able to sign a lot of free agents or trade for people who want to be here. And he, yeah. Detroit was like on the top of his list. So. I don't know. I think. And I think I don't know. I don't know how much I trust anyone outside the top five in this draft. I think that there could be like play like, I think they're solid players, but I think Grant will fit perfectly with uh, Cade. So I, honestly, I would say no. But I mean, it's crazy to say if you would have told me that last year, or like if you if I didn't know we had the first pick, then yes. But with Cade, no. I would say like outside the top six, there's a considerable drop off in the draft class. I was just looking at it. But if a caveat to that, if Weaver accepts that, I believe like I wouldn't. Oh, I would trust. I trust fully. Him, so, yeah, especially after last year's draft, and Saban Lee was good too. Yeah, that, that dude turned out great. He didn't make a bad pick. Yeah. So I, I would trust him. But I, if I knowing what I know, I would say no. Yeah. If you um, roll out, if you roll out a lineup of Killian, Sadiq Bay, Cade Cunningham, Jeremy Grant, and Isaiah Stewart. And you fill out the rest of that roster with hey Frank Jackson is going to be a good six man. The rest of the roster is pretty. It is pretty good. Frank Jackson, Plumlee Jackson off the bench. Frank Jackson was. They still have Wayne Frank Jackson too. They still have Wayne Ellington. Uh, No, Ellington's a a free agent. Yeah, it was a one year deal. They probably won't bring him back. Even if they don't make the playoffs, every single player in the roster is exciting. I think that could still be a play-in team. Oh, I'm not saying they definitely could. Oh my god! But if we went to a play-in game, yeah, the rebuild is on the way. They could and. Watching these young like Trey, Luca the last couple of years, Booker now like, like, all you need is one young like. W- there's the league's wide open right now, and the, this is a perfect time. Like Detroit, there's a chance to hit their stride right when they could like right at the perfect time, and that it, it it's exciting. I can't I can't believe it. <laughs> it is it is it is really exciting, and I most of my friends are Pistons fans. I have my um group of Hawks fans, but you know most of my friends are. Our, our Pistons fans and I talk to them. And I say you've got your you've got your base core with like Killian, Sadiq Bay, and and Isaiah Stewart, and even Saban Lee. You add Cade. He's this transcendent talent. He's six eight. He can run your offense. He can shoot. He can pass. We were in here. We were in the studio after we did an episode. The last uh, oh two watching episodes. the Baylor, watching Baylor game. two episodes watching Baylor. Yeah. Versus Oklahoma State, and we were watching Cade Cunningham, and they were down, I think, in that game. They won. And Cade just took over. The thing, took, and you can just he took see down it. the national champion. You can just see it. I with know that they guy. were playing at that level at that yeah. time, but he was. That was the last. That was the court. last loss Baylor had. Yeah, 
I I had uh, I had Oklahoma State in my Final Four Me because too. I thought Cade would just take them there. Yeah. The thing is, is like even if I know the his uh, weaknesses are like few and far between, but like his t- handle isn't the tightest, and sometimes his passes weren't the greatest. But like, let's just say that those end up being just like. Well, let's just say those things end up being like real negatives when he's in the league. He still shot forty percent from three, and like he on the catch, he was I think he was like forty four percent from three. That's so ridiculous. he's still a, say he can't play point guard. I'm not. I think he can. I think he's going to be great with the ball and great a, a great playmaker. But even if that does not work, he's still going to be a serviceable wing, like a totally good he, good defender. He it's he's going to be great. I think his floor is a top fifty player. Uh, That's exciting. Yeah. I don't. Um, I could talk about it forever. So we we we, 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 we got time. We got time. One other thing was I like. Did you see his reaction video? Yeah, he. Was I saw that. That was that made me even I happier heard, as a fan. To did he hear say? And like he seemed excited. I heard someone. In the, ended up I don't know on. if it was him because the camera was on it, but someone said someone said Cleveland was scaring me <laughs> in the video. So well, Ooh. I mean, if they got him plus Garland and Sexton, that's too many ball handlers already. I don't know what Cleveland's trying to do. It's ridiculous. I think they just need to trade away one of Sexton and Garland. It seems like and Sexton then get would Mobley. be the one. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna get into that. Um, we'll skip on that question. Any chance they don't take Cade? I don't think there's no. any chance they don't. I think there is a chance, but I think it's a small chance. It's very. It's like I think it's point two. I, I listened to a barring a Darko event. Listen to James Edwards on a podcast, and he said that coming into the draft, Jalen Green was like, uh even with Cade. So I don't think that they would take green, but if they're oh, going to no. take, if it's going to be someone else, it's going to be green. I don't, I would put money on to take Cade, but I, I mean, Jalen green, I wouldn't even mind either. That dude balled out into G league. Yeah. He's I think insane. Cade's, I think Cade is still better, but yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so also with the draft lottery, we're obviously very fixated on the, the Pistons winning it, but the rest of the top five was filled out by the Houston Rockets at two Cavs at three Raptors at four. Both the Cavs and the Raptors jumped up, and then the Magic were the last team to fill out the top five. Now, I know the draft, we'll get into our draft episode, you know, in a couple months, or not a couple months, but we'll do it. It's next month already. Yeah, it's a month away. Um, or a month and a We'll couple do it days. a week before. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, Figure it out. I've seen, I've already looked at a couple mocks, and I've seen, I just love the NBA draft, so I'm oh, yeah. I'm all over it. It's great. Um, I've seen mocks that have the Rockets going Mobley at two and Jalen Green at three, and I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. See, because I think that reminds me of like a a Wiseman over Lamelo situation. I know it's just been a year, but obviously that pick doesn't look fantastic as Mello already is I, the rookie of the year. I go think. Ahead. Sorry, no. The, I ahead. think the Rockets should just be grateful at this point to have a top four pick. Yeah, because they had that didn't. pick been fifth. Which was like fifty percent odds, close yeah. to fifty. They wouldn't have had it. Yeah, it would have been OKC's. So I think, like any player you take here, is gonna contribute to your future because the Rockets are, I think, worse off than the Pistons right now. I would say worse off than any other team in the NBA. Um, just because that roster it was so depleted. I think that Jalen Green would be the best fit. Maybe Suggs, too. I don't think Mobley would be right for the Rockets, though. I like Green at at two. Yeah. I, I think, think him in Houston would be a lot of fun with Kevin Porter totally. Jr. And they are and they have and I'm not I'm I'm not someone to say don't draft this guy because you have this guy. That's how teams get complacent and stay in Especially mediocrity, at the top. I think. 
But Christian Wood is still what, 24, 5? Yeah. He's still really young. Yeah. He's still really young. And he's a really good center. Barring, I know they didn't win a whole lot, but yeah. he's still really good. He hasn't been able, the one thing he just can't stay healthy. Yeah. That's that is, yeah. That's exactly that's what another I was gonna thing. say. He just needs to stay healthy and he can be that guy for the Rockets. But I think if you keep if you keep Jalen Green there with like Kevin Porter Jr. and Wood, you have a solid young core. I think Steven Silas as a coach obviously didn't get to do a whole lot of what he wanted to do. Totally. The season kind of fell apart on him midway through Who with was, the Harden trade and everything. A, who was the rookie this year that was good? I can't. Oh my god, Jay Sean Tate. Yeah, that's Jay another Sean guy. Tate. Yeah, he was. He, he was, was really nice. Good that's year. another guy. Yeah. Only thing I don't like is his age. He's. I think a 25-year-old rookie yeah. or 24-year-old rookie, but yeah, like, he, that's yeah. still not a big deal. Because he was, he was just, a, I think he's a solid, definitely solid player. Like on a good team, he'd be a solid role player, <laughs> yeah, really solid role player. He's a plus defender, plus passer, good shooter. He was had a very underrated season. He's a pretty well-rounded player. Yeah, I yeah, do think Jalen Green is the second best player, and I think the Rockets would be dumb to pass on him. I opinion. think if, totally. I said this. I I tweeted this. I think if Cade wasn't in this draft, this is Jalen Jalen Green's draft. Oh, yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Jalen Green said he said if he went to college, he think he'd be the first pick. Probably. No doubt. I think so. I mean, I've seen comparisons to like Zach Levine, Bradley Beal. He's got ins- like he's an insane. He's, a athlete. High, he's, a, he's just a human highlight. Really. He is an insane athlete. The only drawback on him is he's too ISO heavy. Like maybe. I mean, in this league, he was he was playing in that G league. ISO heavy is ridiculous, but yeah. like. He, I think, goes a little bit overboard with it sometimes, but that can always be fixed in the right system. I think, yeah, so I, I'm i pretty firm on Houston getting Jalen Green. Totally. I think Cleveland should go Evan Mobley. Yes. I, have a, I think that they will move on from Jarrett Allen. I, yeah. Because you can get Mobley, who has a higher ceiling than Jared Allen, like, and then you don't have to pay, and then you don't have to pay Jared Allen. I think I feel bad for Jared Allen. He's good. He just hasn't been able to find the right place yet. Exactly. I think that Dallas can be that place. Uh, He's a free agent, isn't he? That's or true. is he a restricted free agent? I'm not sure exactly, but Charlotte too. Charlotte, they need a center. Oh, he'd be good there. He would be so fun to watch with with, with Lamelo and wanna... Miles Bridges. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I I don't mind the the Hornets, but I know there was a very slim chance. But Evan Mobley in in Charlotte had I don't know why if they made just, a trade up. Yeah, I'm not saying that they they won't, but I just would wanted to see those two and Miles play together. I think that'd be just I don't think, be a lot of fun to watch. Oh, Charlotte's where they're eleventh. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, not that's where, that's where they, they were always pick. To be. They always pick like eleventh, don't they? Yeah, something like that. That but, last year was the first year they were like, woo. Yeah, since Kemba. I think, I think Jalen Suggs in Toronto would also be good because oh, I think be they'll exciting. move because I think they'll move on from Kyle Lowry too. Yeah, I, I think, think both of those teams. I think those two are I headed for a perfect, mutual split. I think that's a perfect fit for Suggs because I don't think he's like a is is good as a prospect as the other top three, but I think he's close and and that is the perfect organization to go to. Jalen Suggs being coached by Nick, Nick Nurse. Nurse. Yeah. That's exactly. What uh, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, Ooh. that's exciting. that's fun with Fred VanVleet, Ananobi. They'll be right back in the playoffs. Siakam. Picks, I think. Siakam. If they find... who's Siakam's got to turn it around. That dude... He was pretty disappointing. Yeah, he was pretty disappointing. He a little year. better at the end of the year. Yes, he did. And then, then I they, think... They moved him to center, right? Or was... Sometimes. I should have... I don't know why they, they don't played, start Boucher more, but... They played, Boucher's awesome. I like he him is. a lot. Yeah. He's fantastic. Underrated dude. I think then the Magic probably go Kuminga at five. I like, I like Scotty Barnes a lot. 
I like Scotty Barnes a lot. I do like Scotty Barnes too. I think yeah. he might be. I don't think he might. Sli- I think he might slide above. Kaminga. That was. He's been interviewed by the Pistons already. I'm not saying they're going to take him one, but he has been interviewed by the Pistons. That's just Drew, That's just uh, Troy Weaver doing his due diligence. Due diligence. That's good. Yeah, so he, he's in. He's in Troy Weaver's top five on yeah. his board. I think he's above Kaminga on his board. He said they would interview five people, and I think he was the fifth. That's pretty good. My top five right now, I've probably got... That's my next question as I was going to ask you guys is what draft prospects you really like. I've got Cade 1, Jalen Green 2, uh, Mobley probably 3, Suggs 4, and Kuminga 5. I watched a bit of Kuminga. I think he's pretty I think He's, pretty he's good. fun. I would, always really take, fun I would always take that athletic wing wherever you are. And I mean, Scotty Barnes is that too because Florida State has just been churning out NBA, quality NBA players. And totally. I think Scotty Barnes is next in line. Yeah. Um, so who do you guys really like? Like outside of like the top guys, like KG and Green, all that guys. Is there anybody that you paid attention to that you really like? Uh, we talked about it before. I think, but I like Book Knight a lot. Yeah, I was. Like, I, I say that too. Book Knight's really nice. He he just like he seems like he's so close to figuring it out. Like he did. Like he was good enough in college. Like his talent alone in college. Like he would drop twenty. He scored almost twenty a game, I think, when he was healthy. But I think he's close to being like a very solid player in the league. That'd be my guy probably outside the top five. I think in the right system, Corey Kispert could do big things. They I like mean, him. They New like or- him as like I, a Joe Harris guy. I, New Orleans could use him. They need some yeah, exactly. They need some space he'd support. be really good there. Um, I think he'd be nice in Dallas, except they don't have a first rounder. Um, but he he just needs the right system, and he'll do well. He could do nice in Charlotte too. Mm-hmm. Give them a little bit more spacing. Yeah. Perimeter threat. I'm always a fan of those energy forwards. I'm a fan San of uh, too. I'm a fan of uh Kai Jones from Texas. He's nice. Uh JT Thor is an interesting prospect he's been from Auburn. He's been yeah. Mm-hmm. Um he doesn't move too well. He's kind of slow, but I think he's intriguing defensive energy forward type of guy. I think Keon Johnson is I don't know Keon how good Johnson, he's gonna be. That's probably but, my guy right there. But he is a freak athlete. Like <laughs> That guy is vertical. insane! Oh my gosh! You see that dunk? I think I think I mean they just keep replaying yeah. that one dunk. Where he dunks it and he puts yeah. his el- his elbow in there. My goodness, he's he's awesome. He's got all the he's got all the potential in the world. I just he, I don't know if he'll put it together. But. I think he's yeah. I think he's that pick right outside, right outside that top five. I thought before the uh, lottery, I thought Davion Mitchell in Toronto would be perfect. I'm not, they're not going to pick him in the top yeah, four, but like, now. if they would have stayed, what were they supposed to be like seven eight? Yeah, yeah, somewhere Something like that. that. That would have been. I'm awesome. not like huge on Davian Mitchell, but if with that, if they were going to keep right. Lowry and just want to keep winning again, like I think whoever, whatever, whoever drafts Davion is going to be a solid player right away, and like could help on a winning team right away. If he's off your bench and he's bothering the yeah. opposing point guard, like a, Oof, team, a plus, like yeah, a, like a team, like a big plus, a team like that's rebuilding, like Detroit, Houston, whatever, Cleveland, like then I wouldn't really think about Davion, but. Like, who's in the like Golden State? Maybe. I could see it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah, energy guard off the bench. Yeah, play with like they have Jordan Poole as like their sixth man, and then have another guard like they can that'd actually be, play defense. That'd be that would be two of the two really nice backcourt tandems. Yeah, <laughs> really, really nice. Really nice. There's a couple international guys I like too. Have you guys seen Josh Giddy? I think yeah. he could be. He's I, cool. I, I have a feeling he's going to be a spur. Just a spur. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do love those guys. Um, he's a really good passer. He's got that good. He's got those good passing instincts. Needs to work on his jumper. Uh, tall Australian, good passer. Can't shoot. 
remind you of anyone? <laughs> and uh, have you seen uh, have you seen Alperen Shingun? I think that's how you say his name. The Turkish center. He's like 6'8". He can run the floor. Like, he can bring the ball down. He can run the floor. I was watching a, a breakdown of him. He's running the floor. He's doing 360 dunks. Oh, He's got a post game. There's a... Who's the Utah State Center? N- Nemeas Keita, I think yeah. his name is. Yeah, I think he could be solid. Yeah, that's a guy who's rising up the boards. I think he had a good day today at the Combine. Yeah. And, of course, our boy Aaron Henry. Quinn Grimes, Pistons in the second round. He can shoot the rock, Quinn man. Grimes, He's got a beautiful yeah. shot. That'd be a perfect backup guard for the Pistons. Yeah. All right, we. I just didn't like his inefficiency. Oh yeah, good defender though. If he's very good defender, three and D guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, we could sit here and talk about draft prospects all day. day We'll we'll move on a little bit. So, a lot of coaches got fired after the the playoffs. Um, and a couple guys have been hired. Uh, The Celtics hired Nets assistant Ime Udoka as their next head coach, according to Woj. I don't think any contract specifics have been revealed yet but the celtics have their guy after they moved brad stevens into the executive role um what do we think about the udoka hire um i like it a lot i think i've heard a lot of great things and a lot of people have said they're surprised it took him this long to get a head coaching job so um it's hard to tell right now but all signs point to being a positive hire yeah, I'd like to hire too. Um, it just it kind of makes me laugh a little bit, like with this coaching staff and the lineup, how the Nets didn't make it to the finals. But like that's off topic. I'd like to hire. I think he's gonna be a good coach. I think he'll find a good balance for that locker room. There's been more rep- reports of like a little bit of tumultuousness going on. Yeah. So. I think he can settle that locker room and really balance things out with that roster. Yeah, we, we've we talked about uh, Boston's roster a couple times and how it's just kind of not good. Confusing. There's not a whole lot. No, it was built really weird. Um, Tatum and Brown, we'll get to, uh, we'll talk about the Kemba trade in a bit. Um, actually, we can probably just talk about that. Right now, I guess yeah. it's 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 on topic. Uh, so Kemba, a couple like last week, Kemba was traded to Oklahoma City, uh, for and the 16th pick was also sent to Oklahoma City. They Boston got back Al Horford, Moses Brown, and a 2023 second round pick. I know that team needed a center. Uh, they got two of them, and is Moses the better one of? Those two at this point? I think so. <laughs> um, I think Al Horford brings back that veteran presence you need in the locker room. I think Kemba was a little bit more childish than he gave off, I guess. Um, when he was in Charlotte, at least, he seemed more like a leader. and Not so much so in Boston. Um, I think Horford brings that sense of, like, maturity and, like, you know, leadership that they really need. Um, no knocks against Tatum or Brown. They're phenomenal players but they're just not those kind of guys yet to be the leaders and i wouldn't really expect that of them yet either because they're so young um but i like the horford like bringing back horford he worked well when he was there too that was the celtics best year um so i think horford's a good move and then moses brown popped up at the end of season and played really well so i think good move all around um, and OKC just continues to stockpile picks and rehab players. So Sam Presti loves those picks. He loves draft capital. 
Yep. I like Moses Brown a lot, especially he's, he's only getting paid like six mil a year for like the next three years. So I like that a lot Lots for them. Of and potential to build off of. Yeah, and even if even if he doesn't pan out, then whatever six mil for. It's not like it's uh, cuttable. Yeah, and for uh, do you guys think Kemba's actually gonna play in OKC, or do you think they're gonna move him too? I think he'll play for like maybe a month and a half. He'll have a good month and a half there and be gone. I can't imagine he stays there. LA. I can't imagine. Yeah, the, yeah, the Lakers make a move. Either LA team. We I, everyone's saying the same thing about Chris Paul, but I feel like Chris Paul's different. I think Kemba's definitely not gonna play there. Chris Paul, I feel like, is different than Kemba. Oh, totally. Yeah. So Chris Paul is, I think, still the best point guard in the NBA. But Chris Paul's not gonna be grinning ear to ear after a four of eighteen shooting game like Kemba true. did every game. Uh the Celtics are just so strangely constructed. I mean, Tatum and Brown, outside of those guys, it's really not a whole lot of redeemable pieces. Aaron Neesmith's decent, but like I I really don't know how I feel about moving Stevens from the bench to the front office. Like he did help Danny Ainge somewhat construct yeah. that roster, and if that roster was the issue, which it was, why would you bring him back and put him in charge of it? It's it's confusing. It's confusing. Yeah, it's confusing. And there was another head coaching hire today. Um, former Mavericks coach Rick Carlisle was hired by the Indiana Pacers for four years, twenty nine million. Um, we know, but there was both. There was there was dysfunction in uh, both those organizations because we know that Nate Bjorkren, who ended up being hired by Indiana, did not really take control of that locker room very well and then there was obviously the situation with rick carlisle where he decided to move on from dallas so what do we think about rick carlisle in indiana i just for i i don't i like indiana like i think they have solid pieces but they're in such a weird spot like i don't think they can really get much better with their current construction of their roster like i think even if they play as good as they possibly can they don't have like a superstar that can like in the playoffs like Step like, up. Yeah, they can carry them. I think they could be like a fourth or fifth seed in the East if they all stay healthy and like win a, maybe win that play, win that four or five series, and then I think that's it for them. Yeah. And I think Ricardo is a fine coach. He's he's been there and he's he's I don't Indiana just kind of is stuck in the middle to me. Like they're they're They've they're been ceiling stuck in the middle since Braun was in Miami. Well, at least they had Paul George. That's Reggie and, Miller. And, yeah. They had, it's ridiculous. They had Paul George and they at least like push Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals a little bit, but they don't have any. Like Karis LeVert is exciting. TJ Warren played good in the bubble. Was hurt last year. Like they have two solid bigs Brogdon and Turner. And Sir, they they just they they're full of solid players. They don't know they don't have any stars. So I don't know. Yeah. It really like, is just a roster of just constructed. Hey, that guy's good. Yeah. I think I think there's nothing could, wrong with it. They, they just don't. A... Their ceiling isn't. They don't have like I don't think they'll ever make a conference finals. Even. Yeah. Like, I don't think they'll win two playoff series. I think their ceiling is like when the Hawks had the five all-stars a year yeah. a few while back and they like just worked really well as a team. I think, you know, if That's you get fair, the right yeah. pieces with like Brogdon playing well, Levert playing well, I'm not saying all of them would be all-stars, but you could like sort of recreate something like that with but that I, starting yeah, line. I get what you're saying. I just don't think that's a championship team. Oh, no, not at all. Um, They've been stuck with that like complacency for a while now. They should either just tear down because yeah. honestly – Indiana is not really a place right now where any star would want to go. 
the thing about that is they have a lot of pieces that are pretty tradable. I mean, totally. you could get something good for Miles Turner. You get a pretty decent return, I think, for Sabonis. He's I, young. He's super talented. He's an all-star like the last couple of years. Yeah. I'd keep Brogdon. Sabonis. I'd trade, like, Turner, maybe Levert, if he plays well, or Turner and Warren, and, like, a couple of picks. And I think that could get you a better player than yeah. maybe a star. I guess, but I don't know. Yeah, the Pacers are really just that team that kind of just hangs right in the middle. Like, how do you get? How do you, as a Pacers fan, how do you get excited going into the year? Like, what do you what yeah. do you expect? We're going forty eight and thirty three and getting the four seed again. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I can't wait to go seven in the four five series. Yeah, and then get it's get destroyed swept. by the one seed <laughs> every year it's... by the Pistons in two years. I mean, I like the Carlisle hire. I think he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. Don't know why the Mavs let him go, but um. I just think they're going to be still stuck in that state of complacency. Yeah. They might become a little bit better, but I don't think nothing crazy. I don't think Carlisle and Luca like hated each other, but I also don't think their chemistry was the best. Yeah, and I, he would. I remember. I don't know when it, he said it, but Luca said that he didn't like when Rick Carlisle would call plays. He wanted to just let him do his own thing, like down the stretch of games, and they had a little. Cuban had to like squash that a little bit, but. So I don't I don't know if that's I think it was just a probably was probably a collection of a lot of things like the front office um we've seen a little shake up there the in the last couple of weeks and then uh blowing it 2-0 just like I don't know I think it's just a lot of little things and I think the writing was on the wall I think a lot of this ties into Kristaps Yeah a lot of this that was a failed trade by Donnie Nelson Yeah um and probably the nail in his coffin after that horrendous series from Porzingis. Um, he hasn't really had very many bright spots at all no, as a Mav. not at all. And that dude was supposed to be, like, right there with Luka. Yeah. I thought that was the Skill perfect. Skill level-wise. I thought that was the I was perfect. really excited. When I was, too. I thought that was the perfect running mate for Luca. One hundred percent. A guy you can every, run pick and was, roll, pick was, and pops. In it theory, was as it should be. Perfect but... as you could have expected it to be, and then it just it failed magnificently. Before he got hurt, before he got hurt in the bubble, he was averaging what like twenty five. Yeah, nice. or something. He actually, he actually they were doing really well. well, and then I don't. I think if he would have got if he would have stayed healthy, I think they would have beat them in the bubble. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think Luka I think was it, playing. Nuts. I think he was just a huge negative this year. Maybe that, if he wasn't playing, they would have had a better shot. That game, the game seven against the Clippers, where I think he either grabbed a rebound or got a steal, and he's bringing it down, and he's got a wide open oh, lane, yeah. or he's got like a cutting. I think it was Josh Richardson or something wide open. <laughs> it was like the a basket. Two, yeah, two on one. When he stops and pops a three, I was laughing so hard yeah, because I knew that like I was gonna get on Twitter and everybody was just gonna be laughing at him, and I was like. That's that's pretty funny. That, that that pretty much encapsulates everything that you need to know about. That his, is a microcosm yeah, of his tenure there the so far. Of the Mavs, and they are paying him so much money. So much. He's their highest paid player, and I know Luca's going to get his money, but He's you're still paying it. a lot to Kristaps. Oh Luca's about to be the highest paid player in the league. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, pff. they're going to give him some a ridiculous contract. He's going to get the supermax. Um, I just I don't know who you can ideally fit with Luca at this point though. Like, I think you could fit like almost anyone around him that is a solid basketball player. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's but like, right who, is, is who, would, yeah. who would be that second star, ideally? I, like, Beal. I, I don't know. 
um, yeah, Beal or like Middleton, like a player. Like I think Middleton. Middleton would be good. I mean, would they, they make that move? I don't think. The no, Bucks I'm not. Just... No, I'm not, they, I'm not saying they would. I'm just yeah, trying to think of yeah, an yeah. archetype of player. Like, I was gonna say I was thinking like Jalen Brown, that yeah, guy who cuts Jaylen, to the basket. Yeah. Jalen Brown would be perfect because like Tim Hart, he made Tim Hardaway like. No, he didn't make Tim Hardaway, but like, yeah, he definitely helped Tim Hardaway out, and Tim Hardaway was solid, like very, very solid in the playoffs. And Jalen Brown would be a, yeah, Jalen Brown better would be Tim Hardaway. There. Yeah. So the Mavs, we'll continue with the Mavs. They're the disorganization in that franchise has been a little bit more glaring recently, and I think that we s- kind of saw hints of that with how things were going with the way they were playing in that series against the Clippers. They were up by like 30 at the beginning of game three, and then they lost. And that series went seven. Um, so as I think Woj reported that they're high, they're closing in on hiring a new GM. Did we ever see who that was? Or? He has not. No. Just, um, they're just close to it. Something else just came out. So they're, it said they're progressing in talks now. Um, Cuban is also close to hiring a new head of basketball operations who is approved kid. Ah, so okay. they've already got, I feel like they've already got their GM locked in, and now it's more. By the time this coach. pod comes out, kid, probably the coach of Dallas. I bet. Yeah. 100%. I bet, because, yeah, he's the strong front runner to be the new head coach. He's... Just, I'm interested to see who this executive's going to be. Hopefully it's not a gambler, <laughs> like Haralabos Vulgaris, Bob Vulgaris. <laughs> that was not good, and, and Luca was not a fan of him. I think Luca wasn't a fan of, of Donnie Nelson either at, at, or maybe he was originally, and then when he got fired, I think it was like he was not a fan. Yeah, uh, Nelson was just there for so long. Yeah, he was the longest tenured GM, yep. wasn't he? Yeah, Carlisle was the longest tenured coach other than Pop. Isn't there? Isn't there like? Isn't the longest tenured head coach like someone crazy right now? Pop. Other than Pop, it's still Pop. yeah. Uh, Spolstra. It's Spolstra. It's and probably someone else. Spolstra. Yeah, and then Pop so and the- Spo and. I don't know. There's been a lot of movement in coaches recently. I don't know. <laughs> I can't even think. I couldn't imagine. Um, but with the Mavs disorganization, I am going to gloat a little bit. I know an organization that didn't trade, that doesn't have Luka, that maybe traded him away, that is <laughs> yeah. looking very good right now. Uh, built a really good roster. Um, Who is their the... star player is is not acting difficult. They also have an elite 3 and D wing in his second year that they also got in the lottery pick for that trade. Interesting. Um, who's who's that? They got Hunter, right? They got DeAndre. Uh, they got Cam Reddish with the with the Mavs pick. Oh, they made a big move to get DeAndre Hunter. Yeah. I think Cam Reddish is gonna be better than Hunter. Uh, I, you I, think so? I like. I, I, I think Reddish has the higher ceiling. Yeah, he does, I don't know and if he's not he'll being be there ever. But I, I think, think he he if he hits that ceiling, he'll be better. I'm high and he's, Cam, and he's not being coached by Lloyd Pierce anymore. No. Do you see what Lloyd Pierce was doing with Bogdanovich? Just had him camped in the corner. Didn't understand that he's also a good facilitator. Awful. Oh, it was bad. Oh, my God. So there's another head coach opening right now, and that is the Portland Trailblazers, who decided to move on from Terry Stotts after quite a long tenure of basketball in Portland. Um, And they've interviewed for a second time Becky Hammond, the assistant of the San Antonio Spurs and Chauncey Billups, who I believe is an assistant on the Clippers staff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. they're having a second interview with D'Antoni. Ah, okay. Week. Okay. Also, um, it was just recently released, though. Okay. I would love to see Becky Hammond get a shot. Me too. I mean, if Pop gets thrown out of a game, 
because he's losing his mind. Becky Hammond will come in there. And everyone in the Spurs organization speaks really highly of her. She knows the game so well. The Magic didn't hire a coach yet, did they? The Magic have not hired a coach yet. I'd like her there, too. I I I want Chauncey in Portland with Dame and then Becky in Orlando. That would be fun. Because I think think if Dame stays, he needs... I think Chauncey would be a really good coach. Um, Just obviously being one of the better point guards in the last 15, 20 years. And then, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I don't think Terry Stotts was a horrible coach. I just think that uh, he wasn't the right one. It's yeah. just one of those situations where it's time to move on. Yeah. And I do think Becky Hammond, it's it's just a matter of when she's uh, hired. I think so, yeah. So I, I do hope it's it's soon. And I think that she'd be great. And I think that'd be just great in general. Portland is another interesting situation because they're one of those teams that has a really good team. Like, they're a well-built team, I think. You have Dame and you have CJ, and you got a lot of pieces around those guys. But they're always that team that, that their ceiling is, what, a three in the in the West? And they got to one conference finals, and then they got swept. And it's They've like, lost in the first round every other year, I think. The thing yeah. is, Dame... Is very big on do so much. Dame is very big on loyalty as well. Yeah. So, it's, if you want to blow it up, you probably keep Dame. But does do you play, like do you spend three or four years of Dame's prime in a rebuild? I would just trade McCollum. You can him with, I don't know, a younger player. A couple I feel of picks like, can get you something nice. I don't know if I would like this. I feel like in my head right now, the most likely. Big trade that they could make would be McCollum to Philly, and then they'd get Ben Simmons. That would be I would enjoy that, honestly, just, because it makes I don't know. I think it help. I honestly think it helps Philly more than Portland, though. Yeah, it would, but it would also yeah. depend on what Dame does with Ben, and like how he extends his knowledge of the game. That would be interesting. It would be. I think it'd be fun. It would bring a new dynamic to Portland. And I think Philly, I think Philly would be. I thought they were legit contenders this year, but obviously not. Even if they would have won that game seven, there's no like. But I think Philly with McCollum, I'm not McCollum's not like the person that moves the needle, but like getting like and addition by subtraction option. and yeah, the spreading the floor. Embiid was one of the like if he stays healthy, might win MVP even with absolutely no room to work with when Benson is on the floor, because even if you camp in the corner. There's that that help defenders coming down. They're not even worried about him even thinking about shooting. So, I think before we get into Philly, I'll just read I'll just read off some of these uh, head coaching openings. Orlando Magic, as we said, after they moved on from Steve Clifford, that's who it is, uh, and they just decided that it's time to move on from him. Washington couldn't agree to a deal with Scott Brooks after it reported that they were working on an extension. They were probably like, "Wait, that's maybe not a good idea." So they moved couldn't on agree from to him. A deal. Portland, as we said, totally. Dallas, as we said, and New Orleans righted their wrong of having Stan Van oh Gundy. God. That started as a bad hire. <laughs> that, was a bad gosh, hire. that was a bad that was hire from the, the worst hire of last offseason. They made some and really the worst hire I've seen in the past five years. And they made some really questionable moves with their Steven team. Adams. Trading for Steven Adams when and you... then extending him. Or did they extend him? They or did they... extend him. Yeah. I'm oh my 95% gosh. sure. I... I know he is. I know he's on contract. I don't know if New Orleans did that or oh if he gosh. was before they traded for him. But it just doesn't make. It any doesn't sense. work on the floor. <laughs> you see the spacing they like Bledsoe at the one. You're playing Ingram, Zion, and and Stephen Adams together. That spacing I, is and awful. Ingram is a capable shooter, but I wouldn't say he's an elite shooter. Like 
at all. Yeah. And no, he's, he's your a, best shooter on your team. Or on, on he like a 32% three-point shooter, something like that. No, maybe not that bad. He's he's not much better. If, <laughs> no. He's a free agent. Yeah, that's true. I did not know that. Ingram? I uh, think he's restricted, though, isn't he? Not Ingram. Uh, Adams. Okay, good. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. I swear they extended him. But that's good, though. Brandon yeah. Ingram shot 38% from three this year on six attempts. Well, that's not bad. I guess that's better. Shot 39 last year, so pretty good. I think he's a really good player. Oh, yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah. I, um, I just was baffled by the Van Gundy I heard. It's ridiculous. How how on earth is that going to make anyone happy? Especially after he was let go. Like A lot yeah. of the hirings you see are not withstand Van Gundy's track, res- track record where he got fired in Orlando after driving them through the mud. Yeah. Same thing with Detroit. And then he gets hired again. He's a great. He's great on TV, though. He is. He was good on TV. So he's that's, fun on that's TV. A plus. He'll but be back probably. He should. Yeah. He should just go back and do that. He's better than Jeff, because Jeff is obnoxious. I, Jeff, Jeff annoys me sometimes. He's so Definitely. obnoxious. It's just nobody will say anything, and then it'll be He'll Jeff speak. Van Gundy. This is what I hate about the game, and it's like, dude. I feel like him and Mark Jackson just argue the whole time they're on together. Mark it's Jackson like is also just sounds half asleep <laughs> the whole time. Poor Mike Breen. Yeah. I like Hubie Brown though. I mean, he's what, like 84? And he's just... Yeah, he's still trucking. They just say he... You know, he never has agendas. He never picks sides. He just loves basketball. Yeah. And that's and it's so good. All right, so we'll jump back to uh, the Sixers' blunders. Jesus. The number one seed in the in the East had a tremendous regular season. and Phenomenal. then And then the Hawks of Atlanta come to Philly and beat them in seven games. And the absolute... I have to okay. I have to apologize for all the standing and the defending I did for Ben Simmons because I will do it no, because I will do it no longer. I don't know how you can. Anymore. The way oh he played in that series was probably some of the most abysmal basketball that I have seen from anyone. Let in, alone a guy's getting paid like a long time. You can only time. you can only say he's just a facilitator for so long. You can only say. I have to, you know, you can only say, needs, look at his impact beyond the box score for so long. And it's like, he oh my needs to expand gosh. his He didn't game. take it's, a shot in the fourth quarter of the last four ridiculous. games of the series. He didn't even try. He could have, he had a, he had a dunk on Trey <laughs> Young. Oh, Trey Young was coming to house. That could have, if he, if he, imagine he dunks on Trey Young, it's an and one. That place is going crazy. The whole, the whole, the whole series could have been changed. Like, I'm not oh, saying totally. one no, play that, changes that is, everything, but. Nah, I'm gonna... That kind of play, though, it gets the crowd going, which was a dead crowd, gets the team going. But, like, Trey, all Trey, he knew all he had to do was just pretend, like, he's a small guy on the court, and if he takes two steps towards him, uh, uh, Ben gets scared and tries to hand off the thigh bowl. It was, like, it was like a so 60% sad. free throw shooter. Yeah, he, and he split one at yeah. the line, and then Trey goes down and hits a three. Oh, that's when he hit that bomb? Yeah. That was so sad. Yeah, that that was a game. It was a right game there. changing. It was a game changing play, and it ended their season effectively because they were in that game. Trey hits a three, and they really just kind of don't recover. It was from crazy it. how quick after the series, like in the press conferences, the quotes that were coming from Philly were. It insane. was ridiculously quick. Like Doc went. Embiid, Doc, Doc, Doc said he doesn't know if he's a point that. guard that could win like, a championship. God damn. Yeah. That was, it was so, so tough. And then, uh, what did Embiid said? Uh, oh, they asked him what the difference. Was and he just explained that play without saying Ben Simmons' name. Was, we had yeah. a dunk. He said, yeah, just, we, "We had, had a dunk." dunk. And we ended up with one free throw. <laughs> I was. It was my team. I was watching the Hawks. I almost my felt team. bad for Ben. And I was like, "What are you doing? This is not good basketball not at all." 
Nate was... McMillan is coaching circles around Doc Rivers. Oh, that's another thing. That guy is... Uh, they're not going to fire him, but like... No. That's one of my questions on here was, is Doc on the hot seat? I don't think so, but like... One more year. And you one more be... year. Just one like... more year without Ben, and then if they don't make the conference finals next year, if everyone's healthy, then he's got to be gone. We're that team best... is way too good to not make at least make the conference finals. I know we said Portland would yeah. be a nice spot. Where else are the best fits for Ben? Realistically. Ben? I saw Houston as an option. Houston uh, Houston had their shot. The man. Shanghai Sharks. I just don't think that I, I wouldn't want Ben Simmons on my team if I'm already like close to contending. Like what he doesn't what does he what does he add in a in a he just proved like in a game There's in a no, big playoff it, game he doesn't yeah, do much. And, like I mean players like him can be found in just smaller options. You literally I'm not gonna especially if they include his contract too, I'm not gonna pay a guy a hundred million dollars to take him out the last two minutes because he's literally a ne- like a that big of a negative on offense. Yeah. Like he's a he's an offense defense guy at the end of a game, like and that's crazy. You're paying him a hundred million dollars. And he also he also had the lowest free throw percentage in a play, in playoffs history. That just that is ridiculous. It's like you can literally if he you can just you don't have to play defense against that team. You just follow him and you send him to the line and he's maybe making one. That's how they won game five. Game five in Philly. They were down by almost thirty. Hacked Simmons. And then they hacked Simmons and he missed. You know, in that game in game five where they came back from being down by like twenty six, two guys I made field off. goals. Two guys made field that goals in the second half. In the second half. And it was it was Embiid and Seth Curry. That was the first time that's happened since like seventy five in a playoff game, I think. That is unfathomable incompetence. <laughs> Coaching Ben Simmons playing. It goes without saying that Ben Simmons should be way better than he is. Oh, we've seen we've seen the we've talent. We've talked about this dude so many We've times seen the talent. Podcast. Like his talent is undeniable. We've seen it. He's just it's mental. I think it's a completely mental thing. Yeah, I think a change of scenery might be I mean, not might be. He's not he's, he's gone. There's no way he's can come back to Philly, but he needs it and I think that those fans are ruthless, by the way. Oh my gosh! Just that somebody threw something on the on the court bottle at the end of the game, bottle. and it said somebody took more shots. A fan took more shots than Ben Simmons in the game. Oh, I saw a funny tweet. I can't remember. Chucking those about that though. Oh, oh there was like a, <laughs> saw a tweet. It was like there was so much garbage on the floor at the end of the uh, at the end of the Philly game, and then uh, and then fans started throwing things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh. I mean, the thing about here's my thing about Ben Simmons. I think if. You play him at the four instead of being a point guard. He can facilitate as a four, but he's got to have. But he's got to at least have, a have some kind of. He's got to have some kind of offensive game. He has none. He has, he has none. Nothing. He can grab. The, he can grab a rebound. He can grab a rebound in transition. Run a fast break and get downhill and score. He's really good at that. And how often did he do that outside of game one? The dude has and vision now, like barely. nobody's business, but can't shoot the ball. This is and it's so sad. This is kind of off topic, but also on topic. But those fouls and yeah, on the fat like in transition that the NBA just like does. Just, like, I hate that. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can just I I hate it too. I think they should change it. But yeah. He even you can just take a like you can just take a stupid foul like that at half court and then no transition anymore for him anyway like and even if you're it's in the bonus easy to defeat him if they're in the bonus then he's going the line and he's missing two yeah I also I think this has also been beat the just beating a dead horse but he shoots with the wrong hand I don't know why he shoots <laughs> with his left hand he's a right handed shooter have you seen the clips of yes. him shooting with his right hand he's fine he can knock down jump shots and I'm not saying that Ben Simmons has to extend his range out to the three point line no. he really doesn't have to he really just has to get like Become an eight, a plus shooter. 15, 18, a plus 10 offensive. foot yeah. a plus shooter shot yes How do, what happens in Philly like Markel and now this like something is, go, something <laughs> is not good there yeah. and that's why I was like 
can like do you blow this team up? I don't think you blow them up. I think you do have to move. I think you have to move. Ben no Simmons. matter what happens, even if they end up winning the championship next year, I still think the process failed. Yeah, it, it did. Like, <laughs> like they got Embiid, and that is the only, the yeah. literally the only. Okafor wasted. <laughs> Who else? Mark Fultz, Fultz, they N- wasted. Nerlens Noel. Faults gone. Well, now Simmons. Ben Simmons. Wasted, wasted. Well, they didn't waste, and him I think it's they, just him. I really think, and I really think it's just Ben Simmons. He robbed them himself. Yeah, I wouldn't say they wasted. Nobody him. is. He robbed them. Difference. He robbed them. They could have had Tatum. They could have. I thought. I thought. You know. I thought Embiid he, played really well in that series. I thought Tobias Harris was playing pretty well in that series. I think the future for their point guard is Tyrese Maxey. That guy's awesome. I think he's solid. Yeah, that guy's awesome. Um, or Dame, or Dame. <laughs> Or Dame. So Somehow. I want to circle back. I forgot to ask a question. We'll 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 run back to the uh, Eastern Conference final series. Um, I know there was questions about uh, Mike Budenholzer's job if they didn't make a run. They're in the Eastern Conference finals now, but say on the off chance that the Bucks don't win the series, he's gone. Is he in trouble? You he's think gone. he's in trouble? I think the expectation, like I said, I think the Hawks can win, mm-hmm. but the expectation for the Bucks should be to make the finals. Yeah. I think, Nothing less. I and think it, if he, especially after they just beat Brooklyn, and yeah, and if they don't make it, Budenholzer should be out of a job. And 100%. on paper, and on paper, a favorable matchup. Yes, with Atlanta. I'm yeah. not kidding. I even, I mean, they're not going to fire if they win the series. But even if they like win the finals, and it's like, I, I still think that they could be better off with a better with a different coach. Like, I think they if they win, it's going to be in spite of him, not because of him. And yeah, I don't know. I just it's, it's bad. He he's never. A, he is a great, great, great regular season coach, and phenomenal. he is a horrible playoff coach. He doesn't make adjustments. It's so sad. Did you watch? Did you see some of the spacing that they had? You know, we talked about how he loves that drop coverage, but you can't drop. You can't run that against the Hawks. They'll hit a. Th- they'll hit a three on you. But and if you have just Brooke Lopez just camping out in no man's land, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and if Trey's just going to get around that's, Drew Holiday, that's what I was saying when they when and then that's they, a lot. They started switching, and then Trey kind of went cold for a second, scoring wise. They're so they're not used to they haven't played that defense all year and then they were just getting killed on the like uh, with cuts from Collins and then and, and then rebounds from Capella and Collins like that like the, even like at the like uh, that Capella shot at the end that put him up that offensive rebound like they were so out of position to scrambling I, I don't know it just I don't know I and, have to mention that one play where Giannis had Trey on him oh and he didn't and score. he took a fade and he took <laughs> a faded. fade away mid range shot. <laughs> Yes, it was like it was funny for for him to do that, and it's like, oh, Trey, Trey locked him up, <laughs> or whatever. Give give Trey the defensive play there. But the spacing on that play, you had PJ Tucker like on the baseline. You had Brooke Lopez somewhere, and you had <laughs> doing something, and you had and you had Chris Middleton. They were just all bunched up, just right on Watching the baseline him. and in the corner, and it was just Giannis, a Giannis ISO. Nobody moved. Nobody did anything, and that's just. I think that's poor spacing. That's poor coaching. It's just. What do you do? I mean, if 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 you're if you're not if you're gonna be stuck in your ways as a coach, Nate McMillan is gonna expose that. Well, he did. He has, and he's got a lot, and he's got a lot that he can I just, do. I just don't get how you, you watch, how do you, if you watch any film, you know that if you try to even run it. When has a drop ever worked, especially in this playoffs against them, against the Hawks? Like, it, it literally never. It not. Like, why are you even trying? They I, tried it until, until, like, middle of the third quarter, then they started to switch it up. It's. Like, I think the worst possible thing that could happen for Milwaukee is they win the finals. 
they need to either lose here or would, in I, the finals. I, I, I mean, if you win a championship, that's the whole goal. I, I would win a championship and be bad for a couple years. I don't think really care. You, you just returned to the same level you were the year before. With a ring, though. Yeah. With a ring. <laughs> and it's like, is it worth it? Probably. I would take a ring and then five years of horrid basketball. The thing of the Detroit. thing. That's but see, it's different. They've been there every year, and Budenholzer. They're right there. They're always right there. Yeah, that's almost worse. Like has to adjust, and he hasn't. And if they win in spite of the lack of adjustments, I think it would not be good. Another thing is, I think if they lose close in the finals, that'd be the absolute worst thing. Yeah. And then he comes. Because then it's just, it it's just, you're and, just so close. And, and they're like, oh, and you know we were right here. You know we're right getting, there. Let's run it back. Yeah. With Bud, you're never getting closer than No. Than, no. Than. I think the best option, and and it's this may seem kind of kind of weird, but I think that their best option to playing defense against the Hawks was having Giannis play the five. Giannis? Did you see how he was, did you see how he was protecting the rim? He was stuffing Capella. You know, he had Bogdanovich stuffed and... I think he got to do it, and I think he can beat. I, I mean, at this can point, beat Capella. At this I think point, he was why doing not it. try it? I mean, I know they differ a little bit, but why not go out? Like that's why I like Ty Lue, because if he saw that that would work, he's like, all right, let's go for let's it. Go then. for it. And then if Keep it doesn't work, it. then he tries something else. Like, exactly. But like you know that's that the you, thing know, with you know that you know that you know your original game plan is not going to work. It's like, a hot take, but is he the worst coach left in the in the finals? Yes. yes. I mean, Monty. Yes. Monty Williams has been awesome. Nate Ty Lue's been awesome. Is, Nate I, McMillan's been awesome. I don't been think the best it's coach close. in basketball since he took over. McMillan it's insane. Has been. It's insane. I don't think it's close. I think he's by far the worst one left. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll move on to the OT. I take Doc Rivers over him in that same I, something. Yeah. Doc well, Rivers. Boone Holzer usually doesn't have a lead to blow, so we'll <laughs> that's true. Series. He's playing from behind, except for in 2019 when uh, when oh they were up, up they, two nothing, yeah, they two were, nothing, and then Kawhi just Toronto, turned it on. This playoffs, I'm saying. So we'll we'll go to the OT and we'll finish up. We'll go with your idea of what are your favorite finals moments? Because we're almost there. Oh, oh. Well, <laughs> I, I know it's kind of on the spot. Think but... about it. Oh, give me one. Well, I, I this is probably pretty basic, but 2016, 2016. probably. Yeah, that was an awesome. that was a fun game. Because I'm like I'm not like a huge huge LeBron fan, but like I love yeah. I I appreciate growing up and being able to watch him and that just. It that that block the the I don't know that was just, that the whole season him coming back like you can't write anything better than that so that that block was probably that block my favorite moment that series was my favorite finals probably um I would say that or my favorite series the first one I can remember like since I've been watching basketball was Kobe's last finals win against mm. the Celtics. Is it 09, I think? Yeah. Yeah, because Celtics won in 08 and then they yeah. played again. So that was that was probably the first time I like remembered a finals and that was insane, him taking over. I remember game Ron seven. Artest in the press conference was like, Kobe passed me the ball. <laughs> he was just couldn't he was just yeah, it was, Kobe that was the ball. amazing. I really enjoyed the finals in twenty nineteen. I know that's that's basic, but I mean if you think about it. I know a fun finals moment, um, I'll acknowledge it was twenty thirteen. Chris Bosch offensive rebound kicked to Ray Allen in the corner. Yeah, knocked bang. it down. That's that's an all-time bang yeah. from Mike Breen. That is. I was also I also before I remember before that playoffs, I said it would be Spurs over Heat in 6 and I was already bragging to my friends I was watching the game with. <laughs> and then he, and then he hit that oh, shot. No. <laughs> I wasn't like oh, mad cuz I I didn't really care who won, but yeah. I was already bragging about how smart I was and 
and half the you, half, really the, half the arena left too. Yeah. You remember that they couldn't get mm-hmm. they wouldn't Everybody let them back was, in. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember that because they were down in that game. Oh, they were down pretty big. Yeah. yeah, that game seven was even really really close too. Tim Duncan missed like a a putback. He missed a bunny to win yeah. that thing. Yeah, yeah. That that Gosh. that series was crazy too. And that that NBA playoffs have been so much. They're fun. always always so fun. And it's fun. And 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 we talked about it before we started recording about how this has been one of the most fun, one of the most wide open playoffs we've seen. It's been my favorite that I can remember. Oh, totally. It's amazing. We really don't know who's going to win. It looks like Phoenix has kind of got a bit of a Separated lead, but you never but, know. We yeah, don't know. Exactly. And we're, This playoffs is so unpredictable. We're literally watching superstars become superstars yeah. in like the new era of basketball. Oh, it's fun. And then Booker, in between all that, young, the, 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 lot, the Pistons winning the lottery, it just doesn't get better. Cade no, will join it. All. Most all right. likely. All right, so I think we'll get out of here. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We're happy to be back. Uh, we're going to get out of here, and in a little while, we're going to watch uh, Suns Clippers Game 3. So we will see you the next time we see you. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Courtside Convo, a production of Impact 89 FM. Our thanks to Impact's general manager, Jeremy Whiting, station manager, Amber Kinutsky, and programming director, McKenna Lowndes. Tune in next time for more updates on NBA basketball 